Let's do a show about horror movies. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the The final Final girl. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Horror, Horror Movie, Movie Survival, Survival Guide. Guide. I'm Terry. I'm Julia. This week we are talking about 2015's Green, Green Room. Room. Uh, the title of this episode is I Got, I got a, dumb a Dumb Idea. idea. Uh, the tagline for this movie. Now, whatever you saw or did is no longer my concern, but let's be clear, it won't end well. Mm-hmm. I like it. Intantalizing, mm-hmm. intriguing. Uh, this movie was written and directed by Jeremy Saulnier, who uh, apparently did a, a lot of this movie is from his own real life uh, traversing in a band. So we get a lot of real life. A lot of it feels real very... Band. The band stuff feels very authentic. It does. Yeah. Uh, and we get... Uh, so we get the band waking up in a crashed van in a cornfield where they have all fallen asleep. Uh, Somebody with, fell asleep at the wheel for sure. With the engine like- on. Yeah. So they're out of gas. Uh, so but not out of power yet because no. like the electricity is still working. Thank goodness, even though their phones are charged. <laughs> uh, so we get uh, Pat, who was played by the incredible Anton Yelchin, oh. uh, and Sam, who was played by Elias Shawcat, who wife. bike to a skating rink to siphon gas to get to the next place. So it's not like a high class kind of band touring situation. This is a down and dirty tour. This is like, we're going to be in this van. I just honestly, when I saw the van and like what was going on, I was like, I bet it smells so bad in I that van. It does. Like, so bad. They've been in there for like they, weeks. Yeah, it doesn't look like they, they probably shower a lot of places. Because you're just staying at like whoever's on whoever's floor. And crashing. Like how clean is their floor. And uh, so mm-hmm. they're staying at uh, Tad's house, um, who seems seems like a nice fellow. Nice punk. Uh, yeah. But speaking of the authenticity, we have, uh, they ask Pat, were you the first to fall asleep? Because he has a uh, Sharpie all over his face. Yeah. Like, oh, your friends fucked you up with a Sharpie. What true friends they are. Uh, but they're there, said that they are the ain't rights from Arlington. They're having an interview here where he's going to talk to them. This punk band who has no social media presence. They're very hard to find, but he's real excited. They're like the Bill Murray of. <laughs> yeah. The 800 number, you got to call. Yeah, and find them. But they talk, you know, and and Pat in particular is talking about how important it is to not be digital and that you lose the texture when you go virtual. And it's all about right. being in the room with the energy and those You've gotta people. You've got to be there with the music live is what they're saying, basically, because you lose something in that digital age of music. Which is refreshing. Mm-hmm. What a refreshing uh, viewpoint. Um, so Tad says he gets going to get him a gig, uh, gets him a gig at a Mexican restaurant. Doesn't seem to be real the... <laughs> really it's the kind of thing they're going that for. Felt, the real gig fell through so he gives them this is like the makeup gig it is literally a punk band yelling at you in a mexican restaurant and it's everything you think yeah it's terrible yeah it's the wrong place for this band but it's also kind of the right place for this band yeah because they don't who really they are yeah. they don't really care and they're still literally doing the show that they would normally do yeah it doesn't matter really yeah them. 
They're going to do the same thing. Just going to yell at people in a restaurant (laughs) and Uh, they get paid at the end of it. They do. After they've talked in this interview about not worrying about money, you still got to worry a little bit because they've all just made $6.87 each. Yes. And when you're trying to get back to wherever you're getting back to, that's not going to get you very far. But Tad says you can make it to him. No problem. Get in this other gig. Yep. Um, and, uh, but the place is, uh, little, little boots and braces. Yep. Gotta watch out out there in the middle of nowhere. Don't talk politics and play your heavier stuff. Yes. So knowing that this is a very different type of crowd than they would normally like to play for. But when, uh, your back's against the wall and you need some money to get home, this is what happens. And this one's like a guaranteed, I think it's like 350 bucks or something compared to that $6 and 87 cents they just made. It would right. be enough It'd be to a, get them gas lot. home. Uh, but you, you, you know, when you, when they pull up to the place, you can already be like, ah, this doesn't look like a good idea. Right. It's one of those, when you're a final girl and you're like, ah, you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. And like, you're, there's a lot of skinheads walking around and yeah, yeah. doesn't look good, but doesn't you're just going to like, you're going to just like power through and like do your show and go home. Right. Like that's the idea. That's it. Um, and already, you know, we and they hear it's a tight operation up there too. Like it's like they're very militant, which yes. already doesn't sound great. But they're like, hey, all about keeping codes correct and not violating things. Fire and like they, codes, fire and- codes. Everything's got to be a uh, tight ship and the up and up. Uh, so as they get, <laughs> they have their name on the marquee as the aren't rights, <laughs> which is great because they're the ain't rights. But I kind of love that their name spelled wrong because it's kind of like, well, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, so as they're getting ready to go in this really shitty green room, uh, Pat kind of the quiet one in the group kind of pipes up that, yeah, I got a dumb idea. So yeah. they go out and, um, I have to say, cause so th- they're, the dumb idea is to play to a room full of skinheads, uh, Nazi punks fuck off, which is a dead Kennedy song, which is a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. And I, when I watched it, my hands went to my face and I went, Oh no, yeah. I was like, please oh. don't do that. Please stop. I was like, Oh, they're about to die right now. Yeah. I was like, okay, so this is like, the movie doesn't go very far. I was like, they're only like 10 minutes in and they're about to die. They're so... about to die like already. I'm like, Oh, oh no, no. you made a poor choice. <laughs> yep. It's a brave choice. I support that brave choice, but still, um, but there is some really beautiful slow-mo silent moshing that I enjoyed in this sequence. Yeah. Well, once they changed the song, they didn't play that song forever and they yeah. get to the other parts of their set. So they survived that song and just with some people, you know, throwing some cans and throwing some shit booing. and like spitting and booing. But they move on to other songs that they actually, it seems like people are getting into. Mm-hmm. And like they do have that beautiful like you know, Nazis moshing and it's like kind of gorgeous and a wonderful like music Yeah, because you don't ever think of it gets transcendent as being beautiful, but mm-hmm. slowed down and it can be kind of quite gorgeous. Yeah. Um, but when they come off stage, all of their stuff is just in the hallway, uh, kind of slapdash. Which is not how this operation has been run, as they've been told before. Everything's really ship shape. They don't do fire hazard stuff, but they are very much about Tempest Fugit and like time and money and like next group in, everybody starts on time. This is very, this is out of the ordinary all of a sudden for even this group. So they're, they've they're been rushed like, out of the green room. Like, here you are. Here's your here's money. Your stuff. Go get, get out. out of here. And everything, it w- if it was not for charging her phone, that digital. Even implement. though she didn't need, she already had, it was already charged. I don't know why she, anyway. So Pat has to go back into the green room to get uh, the charger for Sam's phone and sees a girl with a knife in her head. Yep. Knife in her skull. Just sticking out of her skull. And it looks like it's like moments after it happened, like right when you don't want to walk in right there. Yeah. Like, but he, good final boy, immediately calls 911. 
Yeah. Just like, okay, here you go. Yeah. Like, that I'm not fucking around. Yeah. Like, let's just do this. And so that turns out to be a bad idea. So Pat calls to report a stabbing to the police right away. Um, but then what happens is the security team there decides to keep them in that green room because he's making this call right now. So they even tell them, we're not keeping you here. You're just staying. And that's not exactly how it feels. They're definitely forcing them to stay there mm-hmm. um, because they're trying to contain whatever just happened with the police coming out to this property. This is a property that I'm sure does not want police there. No, because the police I'm sure are very hungry to shut them down and they want to try to keep everything on the up and up. Which is why they have to watch all of their stuff so much and keep everything on the up and up because they don't want any problems with authorities um, shutting them down. Um, But they've already uh, have figured out uh, we have this set of twins that uh, one of them stabs the other so that there will be a stabbing so that the police can come. Yeah, when they and they'll see they need they call them true believers too. That's what they said. We need a couple of true believers. So they got these twin brothers to basically fight have looked like they had a fight with each other and one of them stabs the other one so that you could just call the police out and the police will see stabbing and then they can go on their merry way right um so we have this band uh cow catcher worm is the name of the gentleman who has stabbed the lady in the head um walks by pat on his way out and says he likes their set and liked killing her to their music yeah he's like your set was pretty good mm, that one song i did or two is what he says so upsetting which is just awful so basically your music that you were playing in protest to this crowd ended up being a tool of murder. Yeah. Which is like literally the opposite of what these kids were trying to do here. Um, But they, and they realize like nobody knows they're there as well. Like Tad pretty much only person who knows. So yeah, so none of their friends or family outside of this, and because they're off they're the, the grid o- and they're the outsiders, and they, they have no social media presence, they don't post anything, so no one knows where the hell these kids are in this band now, um, which is not great. Um, it's terrible. Uh, but they're yeah. so they they have Big Justin who is in the room, who is the guard who is there with him, um, and they are just about to rush him when there's a knock at the door, um, and on the other side of the door uh, is. Gabe yes. realizes that no one's like no one realizes they're there. We talked about that. Okay. Um, it comes back and he wants to get rid of a gun because there's a gun in the room. Right. Okay. Um, and so there's so, a gun Gabe, in the green room because we and Gabe, who was played by Megan, Megan Blair, Blair, who I didn't realize till after the whole damn movie no, was over. And I neither. saw the credits and I was and, like, and Mark Webber, who I'm like, I was like, holy crap. These guys are amazing. And I met Megan I at know? Sundance. Yes. He did not look anything like this. He looked like a mountain man because he had all a bunch of face facial hair at the time. But if you haven't seen Megan Blair's I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore, starring is, Melanie Linsky and Elijah Which Wood, is why I met him at Sundance. Which is an incredible film. So he's a great actor and a great filmmaker. And he's playing the kind of reluctant skinhead, the one who looks like he's maybe not on board with all of this kind of weird but violence. He's too stuff. far into it to yes. not to and, leave now. And now he's kind of Darcy's like right hand man. So he's kind of in too far he's to deep back into the away. movement. Yeah. But he tells uh, Justin to like give them the gun, but keep the bullets. So there's like the, this exercise of good faith, which you know is just a terrible idea because it's just going to make everybody want to fight everybody. So which is exactly what happens. Yeah, they find in Emily's pocket mm-hmm. a flesh wolf on a napkin. So they're trying to figure out this is what this word means. Yeah, there was some code or something that happened because Amber, who is a, uh, the dead girl's friend, everybody mm-hmm. is suspicious of because they think that she was with the band. Who killed her, but she wasn't. And so now she's in this awkward, she doesn't belong to any camp. And so she's kind of really the outsider. Right. Um, but she has a great idea. They finally do rush Justin to get him down, they get the bullets, uh, and then the lights go out. So she gets a, a this is a great final girl move of giving him a cigarette. It says, it lights her out. Cherry does anything you like, don't shoot. 
shoot him. Mm-hmm. And then like, there you are. So they're, the band actually has the upper hand at this moment. They have a they gun. They have a gun. They have the guy down and they can kind of. Because one of the guys is a wrestler out of the, out of the band too. So he's like a high school wrestler. So he's got these like wrestle moves. So he's got him locked with his legs down on the floor to this big dude. But, uh, but Darcy, this is when Darcy does show mm-hmm. up and this is Patrick Stewart, of course, playing this incredibly scary head of this Nazi organization. Uh, just oof, brutal. But just coming in with a very pleasant voice, just letting them know the police have come and gone and like, we're going to figure this out ourselves. Yeah, we're going to handle it here, basically, which is not a good sign for them, because if it's, you know, this Nazi justice, it's probably not going to be super great because for this band. No, because they've already stopped, purposely stopped the show because they've, you know, faked this light they faked out. The, yeah, they said that they blew the power, basically. So they, yeah, could the get everybody out the power. Which was great during that moment of power that lights us out too, because then um, some of them I was able to actually see where light source might be coming into the room. Because this room, they've been trying to figure out how to get out of here because it's like pretty sealed. There's like even the windows are not real windows basically in this room. It's like that kind of a place. But when they see when the lights are out there, see like a green glow coming from underneath the mm-hmm. floor. So like maybe we can get out if we can bake through the floor. Right. But Darcy's trying to negotiate through the door. Like maybe we could swap the gun for a phone and we can figure out a way to like make this happen. But he's trying to flip it and saying, you're the out of town band. And, and you have a hostage with a gun. Like maybe we're going to trying to frame them. Basically, he's setting them up that, hey, like if things go south, we're definitely going to frame you for this murder or anything else that's happening bad out here so that it's not our fault because you guys are the outsiders here. Yes. Um, and he's really working them because Gabe had tried basically to negotiate. And Patrick's like, hey. I think they're smarter than you. Like, he's like, no, like, you're not going to outsmart these these kids. So as Pat's going through to hand the swap, the gun for the phone, Amber realizes and sees through the vent, there's just a bunch of red laces. Which means those door. are kids that are from the movement that are willing to murder or have murdered before. Right. So then there's just this moment of complete freak out where uh, they get Pat's arm with a machete terribly and they it break like big, big Justin's arm through the wrestling move. And there's just this kind of total violence up and you just realize every like they're went in so far over their head like how are they ever going to get out of this and, and so pat's wailing and now and it's just awful his literally arm his arm looks like ribbons it's disgusting yeah and it really just fucked it's, it up yeah um but uh, reese is able to sleeper hold justin but he's so big that he kind of like goes out comes back goes out comes back um and so then this is amber who we haven't really gotten a feel on yet she's kind of this odd character she's the best friend of the girl emily who's dead and comes in slices big justin's belly open with a box cutter yeah like, from the gut Whoa. making sure ensuring that he's dead because they're like how can we tell because he had faked but he doesn't being passed doesn't out slit his throat no she, she slices his- gut damn though she's hardcore she is as soon as she did it i was like oh okay now we know like she's been trained also she's like a also a lady of the movement too so she's been around a lot of violence and she's i think the one who understands the most about who they're dealing with how much trouble they're actually yeah and she keeps trying to let them know because they're like oh maybe we can find a way to non-violently and they're she's like Uh -uh. no like that's not how these people work and like we're gonna have to fight and she keeps basically bringing it back to reality yeah so like what's needed so they're able to uh, break through the floor and find the storage area where the green light is coming in the green room on the cellar um which is also happened to be a heroin storage unit so maybe why the skinheads are fighting so hard for them uh and now they've gotten in even deeper because now they know about murder and the drugs so it's gonna be a lot of fun (laughs) You get why they're, yeah, you get why they're fighting so hard to keep cops from not being yeah. too far into that place, too. Uh, they they are able to uh, duct tape Pat's arm. I'm like, oh, it's terrible because you're going to have to pull, peel that off sometime. And that's going to be 
the but worst. But we're not thinking about that right now because they could all die because yeah. of the way they are like fish in a barrel right now. So then the, the, we get this story right now that um, Pat tries to share about paintballing. Like it's like a like it's supposed to be like an inspirational speech about how before can, they go and like you know try to storm this castle basically and get out of here. They just figure like there's a we can't get out any other way. We just have to go out forward and yeah, like, we have to and, fight out. Uh, we won't all live, but I don't know. Maybe we won't all die. Like that's a sad place to be in, man. And it isn't the literally the antithesis of a pep talk as he's talking about yeah. this terrible paintballing experience that he had playing with like these military guys and like how, you know, they got all taken out right away. And it's like, uh, great. Like we have no training either. And these guys do and they have guns and we have this one. And he's like, you know, just treat it like paintball. Just treat it like you're playing paintball. Like don't treat it seriously or because if you treat it seriously, you'll freak out. Right. So it's, you know, we get what he's going it's for. like trying to play a war game, like mind game, but. And oof. now, and they had been asked in their interview what their, their Desert Island band was. And they yeah. all gave their like punk answer. But now it's time for like, now we're all going to die. It's like the real, real answers. Like, oh, <laughs> that's when you know it's bad. When you're like, okay, we're going to tell you're you. Like, it's like Captain Nathaniel, you know, like whatever, <laughs> like some BS that you're just like, what? Ryan Carey, what? Like, it's like the, the whatever they, they give is, is, is not as hardcore as it was before. Um, and so they, they, they go out into the fray and you're like immediately just terrible. Just like Tigress's throat ripped out. Like there's an attack dog. So these guys have been setting them up outside for traps. So they have um, fight dogs that they've, they brought in that are like, you know, dog fighting dogs um, that are ready to just come kill. So literally one of the, one of the first kills is a kid's throat getting literally ripped and pulled out by a dog. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Reese jumps out of the window and there's a guy waiting for him, stabs them. And like Sam grabs a fire extinguisher and her and Pat stay together. And then they say like, let's split up and like, totally. And like (laughs) normally almost always, I would say terrible idea to split up. But in this kind this of case, situation kind of where it's smart. like it's a suicide mission, like either you both get killed or maybe one of you gets killed, then you like that's a I guess you gotta split up then. It was the only time it made sense yes. in a horror movie. It yeah. never makes sense. But yeah. I was like, oh, it kind of makes sense to yeah. split up here. It's a sad way, but yeah. there you are. Well to split yeah, to split the party and just figure out like who can get through. And if someone can get through to get any type of help or just get out of there, that's that's the reward. And so through the midst of this fighting, um, one of them ends up um knocking over the microphone. Because the power's back on now, too, next to one of the speakers, and starts so start getting feedback onto the speaker. So the dogs are affected by this, and they can't handle it. And the dog wee, 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 whimpers out because it's too; they can't handle that sound. So, so they found something that works, and they're like, "Okay, just keep that microphone." Yeah, because as if like a billion guys with guns isn't fair against like five people. It's also you have dogs that are come rip your throat out at the same time. But like outside, they're like assembling the force who's going to go inside. To say it's like blades only, brute squad, sloppy is fine, like try not to hit the bone and they're going to try to make it look like they had a terrible car accident, put the bodies in the car and then like shove it off a cliff, mm-hmm. do something with it. So they're, they're like, yeah, kill them. making a plan. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. It's fine. Just kill them. Just with blades. Um, but they have, you know, big fucking machetes. Like it's not like, I mean, there's box cutters in there, but there's also, you're like, oh gosh, it's terrible. So the survivors that are left after this first round of charging out of the room, Um, Because they're still stuck in the building, basically. So the building now is like all like dangerous, depending on which corner they turn. They run back to that green room. So they circle back. All we have left now is Amber, Pat, and um, Sam, basically, Mm -hmm. who are are circle back to the room. Um, And 
I'm, Amber is as finally like, well, like, what does she have like as you know as a weapon? And a weapon is kind of the truth. She knows what happens, and she knows that worm from Cowcatcher killed mm-hmm. Emily because she was going to run away with Daniel. And now we have Daniel, who is now a traitor. She is just outed him as a traitor. Traitor wickets him uh, shot in the face. And you're like, oh, but you took one out. Like, you know, like that's kind of like she's so brutal. It's like anything goes. You're like, okay, well, I can take somebody out with the truth. That's one way And they way realize, yeah, that there was a special song. The reason that like per- part of like the set list that they had, there was a song that was supposed meat to grinder. play Meat Grinder. Um, that was the Fleischwolf uh, um of on the napkin, and the napkin in pocket. pocket. That was their their song. They were going to run, run away, away to. So he uh, worm got to Emily before that song could come on. Um, so now she, Sam has a gun. She shoots a dog that's coming for her. Like it gets her. So there's, now we have like it's. Uh, they're just getting. They're falling now. Yes. They're falling and falling. And so we have and Amber gets shot. And they're just in this moment where like just like shouldn't we be panicking? Like what are we doing? But you've come to this place where you're like, okay, we either give it a hundred percent now. Or we're done. We're done. So what are we going to do? They're going to give it 100%. They're going to go so, nuts. Yeah. So now that we've lost Sam, we have Amber and Pat now who are final boy and final girl. They get into that mode. Like they are like, okay, what do we got? They like look like taking like stock of their resources. What's going to be coming at them? They kind of got a, an idea now because what's been happening is these guys have been coming in. They've been sending in these kind of younger kids in the movement that have been bumbling it up because – they haven't had to deal with something like this ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they just have to keep getting smarter than whatever's coming at them. Yeah. So they disguise themselves and put some camouflage on. Get some Sharpie camo. Camo, cam- Sharpie camo. Pat shaves his head. Yep. That's, it's like the final girl move of putting your hair back in a ponytail, only mm-hmm. more severe. Now you're well, like yeah, so he rock. also he can also blend in now. Yeah, so they're not from like the back. Skinhead. He looks like a skinhead. So they are, he won't be as easy to target when these guys come back in to um, take them out for this last round. Uh, but in the meantime, Gabe, who is in the office of Darcy, finally gets his his coveted pair of red laces, which means you've made the grade now that you've made the kill and you're part of the tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's given the instruction to shoot whoever's left. Yep, they're, just go in there and shoot them. With, with the blades, whatever, just right. shoot them. Um, so because they've got another story, another way to cover up, they figured out. So they're just gonna like kill him, however you need to kill him now. Um, and so Amber and Pat set this incredible trap in the hole. And this movie is so amazing because it's so incredibly contained. Right, you're all mm-hmm. inside this one building. Right, and you don't ever see a way for them to get out. Like there's, they're dead. Like there's nothing. And and yet they're able to figure out this trap. And now, and they know how many shells they have. So all it's about, they have three, the Nazis have three shells. All they have to do is make them. They were given this many because they heard it. Yeah. They were like, you only get this many because if, if, if you can't kill them by this, you're, you, are not worth your way to Nazi gold or whatever. <laughs> um, so all she has to do is make sure those three shells are shot and then they're good. Um, yeah. So Amber uh, slits the first guy's throat and then like uses Emily's body as a decoy yep. to make him shoot that. Yeah, as they go into the hole underneath the green room, basically, and they're using this as like their the fight. The green zone. room under the green, green room. room. Yep, because it's the lights are all green. Mm-hmm. Ah, levels, mm. layers of green room. <laughs> um, so they figure it out and just get smarter than that. Um, and yeah, they use the bodies as decoys, um, but it gets very intense, you know, because yeah. they have the the little, they have the regular little gun and then they have the shotgun and they get all the shells out of both. But uh, Amber is no joke and she's just not afraid to flabbergast a motherfucker. No, she's really not. 
Uh, she's so I hardcore. Really, yeah, and it, she's such an interesting character because I you, even by the end, like I still don't know how I feel about her. Like she seems to be on their side only because there's no other side to be on. But she she's seems all, like she's on the side of survival, is yeah. what it is. Yeah, and so um, if, he, if he if he can help her and she can help him, then right, that's how we do it. Um, and now the only person who's left. Is poor little Gabe, who is so far over his head. He's just, I don't want to go to jail. And Megan Blair has that sweetest little, sweet little round little face. And you just want to squeeze and you're just like, oh, he's like, this is way worse than he could have ever dreamed. Uh, yeah, he says this is his fucking nightmare. And like, and, and now even for him, like, there's nowhere to go now. Like, he's just going to have to flee and like change his another life because like the skinheads are going to come after him for the rest of the time. Because he had gotten sent in to help clean the place. Like yes. he was in there cleaning while like uh, this other shit was going down. Which is why he didn't even hear part of it because he's like power spraying blood off walls now. Right. And like trying to clean up the venue so that whenever the cops come or whatever happens next, like it doesn't look like there was murders in here. Yeah. Um. So they walk up behind Gabe and they pretend that, like he's a hostage now because he's kind of just like given up as well too. And they're just like, let's go in these woods and just try to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, they get the drop on the dog guy and are able to finally shoot him. Um, and Gabe just ends up like walking away into the woods. He's yeah. just like, nope, done. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I got to leave this movement and get out somehow. So yeah, so he's just, just walking gonna... away. Good for him. And uh, then they eventually find the van yeah. um, where there's a couple of guys that are around it as well, too. And they walk up to them at gunpoint. Um, and have a standoff and really Pat, this is so great. Cause he's like, he sees what they're trying to do. They're trying to frame it and look like they had trespassed on a property that has like a beware of dog sign, make it look like the dogs attacked the kids that were trespassing and make it look like they were trying to siphon, um, from there. He's like, you're not doing the siphoning, right? This is like not even how you would siphon a thing. And he's like pulling the scene apart and trying to mess with the scene. And, um, all of a sudden, um, this is when Amber's like, just start shooting. And he, yeah. he's like, wait. I didn't think we were going to do more crimes. He's like, I just wanted to mess with this crime scene. <laughs> and so it didn't look like the wrong crime or whatever. And he's like, I'm just going to ruin it. And she's like, no, I thought we'd make another one, a new yeah. one. Yeah. Let's just shoot the fuck out of everybody. And their faces right now, this moment is when they have that set twanged. Mm-hmm. They have seen. The end game twang. The end game said. twang I like face. That. Yeah. Last, and they're just, last episode. They're just faces were just like, boom. And yeah. they have their like, arms out extended. Like you're so scary at night. Now you're just kind of. Old man. Yeah, to Patrick Stewart's character, yeah, to Darcy. And it's true because the words did seem scarier when it was like dark and nighttime. And now it's morning and it's like, yeah. you're just an old man on this random piece of land out here. Um, and the, they hear their uh, radio interview comes on as they're, and now he can hear all of his dead, all of his dead friends talking about their dreams and hopes. Um, and we get the sad, the dog, the dog who had done so much damage, who you now just comes back and lays by his master. Yeah, he's supposed to be by his master. He's by the dead Nazi guy who tried trained him to kill, and he's not a killer anymore. He's like this like little impotent dog now. Yeah, it's like a sweet little puppy. And then we get Gabe, who you know walks up to um, this other street, and you know they've gotten flashes of these. You see these Nazis who are on heroin. You see that's basically kind of how they've kept them and stuff too. And then he walks up to these people and says, "Hey, we need to call the cops. There's been uh, some murders, basically." Like, like oh. It's bad. Um, but Pat, who has not ever really told us we don't think his real Desert Island nope. man, says he finally knows it to Amber as I sit there in their endgame twang, shell-shocked as fuck. And she says, tell somebody who gives a shit. And credits. Yeah. Well, this movie's know. punk rock. Punk as fuck. Yeah. I loved it. Because like, kill those fucking skinheads. Yes, please. Yeah. It's great. And like, you never get punk characters. Like, Return of the Living Dead, I guess, has them. But like, punk characters as heroes is very uncommon. And I love that. Yeah, that- like... 
Never really. Yeah. And everybody in the band and everybody, I totally buy a hundred percent. I love all the gore. I love how violent it is. And I love what a kind of left field horror film it is. It feels very it's like unusual. they're all, it's like they relu- they're reluctant heroes. Yes. Full on. Cause sometimes you feel like, Oh, like, you know, like these were like, reluctant heroes they're like, man, honest. I do not want to do this, but like, I guess we got to do this now. Cause here we are. And like, it's, that's each so step much of the way more interesting to me than a superhero to it's me it's way more interesting to watch um i love superhero shit though too but like it's very interesting to watch just each step to see him struggle so hard the whole movie mm-hmm. um anton is oh amazing and you know and of course it's very hard to watch him be so amazing because like ah so much there's there. so much more and we r.i.p because he's yeah. uh, a wonderful actor and is incredible in this film yeah so gore factor yeah one is enough not blood enough not <clears throat> Gore factor, not enough blood to fill the Dixie cup. Two is a puddle of blood. Three is enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four is a bath of blood. Five is run for the barf bag. Uh, Green Room gets a five. It's a five run for the barf just bag. Just for that ribbon arm that alone. That arm effect is intense. <laughs> There's a lot and of dogs it. eating people, mm-hmm. you know, um, throats ripped out. And, and like, it's, But it's not, you know, it's it's the kind of horror movie where like, it's not glamorous. It's not it's flashy. It's just real. It's just real. It looks real and it looks fucked up and yeah. it looks violent and, and awesome. Yeah. Congratulations to the effects team. Good job, guys. You did a great job. You did an amazing job. Um, movie ratings, zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate, two barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. Five, fantastical. Um, I gave this a five. Me too. <gasps> it's all an all-around five. five. <laughs> We love that. Add those. it to the list. Add it to the list. All around five. Wow. Around that doesn't five. happen very often, you guys. Green Room so. makes the grade, guys. We loved it so we much. We really loved it. Uh, congratulations to Jeremy Saunier for making a, a bitchin' horror film. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about a horror film. This is about as far on the other end of the spectrum as you could get. Uh, we're going to be talking about 1961's The Innocence, which is, yeah, not great. You go like from Green Room to The Innocence. That's why you listen to Horror we Movie Survival all. Guide, you guys. We do it all. We run the gamut from Bergman to Craven. All of it. We love it. Oh, I like that. That should be a tagline on like on our like website. That's mm. cute. Mm. I like it. Thank you for listening. <laughs> be sure to find us on our Patreon, our Twitter, our yeah. Facebook, our Instagram. We love to hear from you. Uh, tell us what you think about Green Room. Have you seen it? Do you love it? Yeah, check it out. It's on, um, I think, Netflix right now too. So and you can find it really easily if you have that. And we always love suggestions as well. Is there a horror movie that you would love to hear us talk about? We would love to know. The list is long and we love it. We the list lo- is long, but we it, love it. Like it's, we'll we love having like, it's like a candy shop. We're like, what shall we conquer yeah. this week? We open the big <laughs> magic spell book and then we pick out Ooh. or the horror movie notebook as it is. Yeah, because it is. Just sitting right here. I'm stroking it as not in a dirty stroke way. It. I stroke it to the left. <laughs> I stroke it to. That's a real song for those know who don't it. know. I know Julia knows, but there's some people who are like, I do that. And they're like, Burr. I have some people <laughs> sing it at karaoke. So get into it. Oh, don't sing that at karaoke, guys. Uh, yeah, it's not it's because it's never the guy you want to sing to, you know? You, it's true, though, right? The guy you want to see sing that song is never going to make that song. He's never going to do that song. You were correct. In any way, thank you for listening to us talk about Green Room. We'll see you next week for The Innocence. Bye.